0: The Shep Naz
1: Podcast begins now. Welcome to the Shep Naz Podcast, where everything we do is to help you take your next step toward Jesus Christ. My name is Rob, and I'm going to be the host of the podcast today. And in the room with me, we have Pastor Joey Bocook, uh, who started off the new series that we just started this Sunday called Effective Prayers of the Bible with a with a great message on Nehemiah. So Joey, welcome to the pod, to your podcast. Welcome.
0: It's not my, it's, it's not my podcast. No, but you're here all the time. Yeah. You're the guy. You're the man.
1: Hey, that might be the best intro I've ever done. It was really, it was seamless. It It seemed like it, but of course, talking about it kind of ruins it. (laughs) So anyway, yeah. Awesome. Well, this Sunday, if you were with us, uh, we started a new series called effective prayers of the Bible. This series is kind of like a precursor to what we want to begin on Mm -hmm. January 1st. Of the new year, twenty twenty four. Can you believe that twenty twenty four is the next new year? Uh, which, by the way, is also a leap year. Be twenty nine oh, days in, in February. Oh, yeah, man. I just put February calendar up in my office. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. So this effective prayers of the, be, this the of the Bible is going to be one of the longest years
0: ever. It's going to be it's a longer, whole than, day longer. It's going to be
1: longer than this year, if you can imagine <laughs> that. Yep. <laughs> All right, so this new series, uh, we're going to be looking at effective prayers of the Bible. And uh, Pastor Joey started us off with a prayer of Nehemiah. Yeah. Um, And uh, of course, that is found in the book of Nehemiah. Mm -hmm. And the book of Nehemiah is a great book. Um, There's tons and tons of stuff in there, a lot of great leadership stuff. But we lifted, you lifted out of there on Sunday, some really cool stuff about prayer. Mm -hmm. And so before we jump into the sermon itself... Um, Why don't you give us a little bit of a background on Nehemiah, the book? Who wrote it? What's going on there, and all that good stuff?
0: Yeah, what's interesting is I mean I've been a part of a lot of churches who have and and listened to a lot of messages on Nehemiah, and it's almost always messages on leadership, uh, messages on God's protection, messages and really sticking to the actual act of building a wall around Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we were going through, that's kind of what I thought it was going to be about yeah. because that's all I've ever really heard. Yeah. Well, cool. like,
1: cause you come to the Bible and right. you're like, what's it say
0: until I dove into it and mm-hmm. it actually had not much to do with building the wall. Yeah. Um, what we talked about on Sunday. So Nehemiah, um, it, it
1: and, and before we go too far, yeah. maybe you're going to say this, when you're talking about the wall, what are you talking about? Yeah. So because the, there's a lot of talk about walls yes, in our culture right now.
0: I know. Uh, yes, <laughs> I was actually joking with, uh, pastor Zach that, um, We, I was at a church in um, Saint Johns County, Florida, and we did a sermon series on Nehemiah in the summer of 2016, Hmm. which was right in the heat of the um, of some you know political campaigns that had a lot about build a wall or
1: not build a wall, and
0: so we were trying to figure out how to make it as if we weren't talking about that. But yeah. that is a lot of what Nehemiah talks about so we, yeah we'll talk about that okay so Nehemiah happens um, in in time it is the end of the exile of God's people so uh, all the way back God creates uh creates a people right creates a Israel is his people and gives them land which is the promised land
1: mm-hmm. um, which is Israel today mm-hmm.
0: which um, things went well for about three seconds like they did a really good job for <laughs> and, and yep. um, they weren't faithful all the way through, and the kingdom gets divided to north and south. Both of those kingdoms then fall to invaders and are the people then become exiled, and some in some points enslaved, exiled. And, and by exiled,
1: you mean they're dispersed, dispersed from their land. Dispersed around the world. All over the place. Um,
0: most of whom end up residing in um, Babylon. Mm-hmm. Or Persia, uh, which is modern day kind of um, the Saudi, Saudi Arabia, like in those areas, mm-hmm. and where we find um, where we find Nehemiah is actually um, under the under the leadership of great. I mean, it's hard to say gracious kings because mm-hmm. in that time the kings of Babylon were terrible terrible people Um, but just before just before nehemiah ezra is under the leadership of king cyrus and cyrus grants the people of israel the opportunity to go back to jerusalem ezra being the priest leads them back they rebuild um they rebuild the temple in jerusalem Mm -hmm. that's that has already happened so the people are free to go back to Jerusalem and to inhabit that place.
1: So they're returning from all over, mm-hmm. the, all over the world where they've been mm-hmm. living and now they're coming yep. back to become a nation
0: again. So Ezra rebuilds the temple. He returns the exiles. However, there are still some living and dispersed. And one of them is Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah is in a prominent position. Um, what we'll find out is that he's the cupbearer, um, which is a, which is not, a great job because there's the a <laughs> potential that you die. Um, yeah.
1: So, so tell us a little bit more about what a cupbearer yeah, is. So
0: a cupbearer is kind of like the first line of defense for a king um, to not be poisoned. So the cupbearer would, would be the one in charge of the king's cup, literally a cup of wine um, to drink. And it would be his responsibility, the cupbearer's responsibility to make sure it's not poisoned. And there's only one way back then. Now we could probably use like science, but yeah. back then there was only one way to know if it wasn't poisoned and yep. that is to drink it. Um, yep. And if you drop dead, you've saved the king's life. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's a prestigious position... But it wasn't necessarily glamorous because there was a potential death. But he did live. In,
1: in case someone wanted to poison the king, right. they would poison the wine. He would take a drink, and mm-hmm. if he died, then they're like the king wouldn't drink it. If he didn't right. die, it was right. good.
0: And so, though it was um, prestigious, it was dangerous. But he also probably, probably enjoyed and took part in the life of the king's court. Yeah. So he was probably well to do. Got
1: to drink some mm-hmm. good wine probably. Probably, sure king probably was able to, you
0: know, enjoy the spoils of the king's court when it comes to food and, you know, he probably didn't live in the slums. He probably lived mm-hmm. in the palace um, and was a prominent position, especially for someone who was of Hebrew descent. November
1: 19th is Baptism Sunday, and we already have several people who have reached out to us to let us know that they want to take that step. Are you ready to explore baptism? Visit our website's upcoming events page to learn more. That same Sunday will be Thanksgiving Sunday, and you will have a chance to hear testimonies from our Shepherd family. If you would like to submit a video testimony, visit ShepNaz.org. Does it say anything about him having a good relationship? Because it seems like if, yeah. if you got a if you got a guy who's going to eat your food before you yeah. do, you appreciate the guy.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that ends up being <coughs> part of the prayer is that he would Garner favor with the king that he prays to God and we'll, we'll get into that piece of the prayer, but he did have a good relationship and, and one that you wouldn't typically think um, and he is bold in the way that he speaks to the king, but in a respectful way and has a relationship where the king would listen to him, mm-hmm. um, which again, if you're a if you're student of history, these are not things that you would typically do to barbaric kings like kings of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Um, in um, in what, we'll, what we'll read is in the scripture, one of the points of that Artaxerxes, the king noticed that he was sad. And that was actually, if you brought the mood down that was a capital offense. You could be killed for that. Hmm. And so like being sad in the presence of a king was enough to be killed. Wow. Um, and so these are things like he was able to do these things and we'll get into that he was granted God's But even favor. to
1: be close enough for the king to recognize that was right. probably really right. cool. Yeah,
0: he knew, Artaxerxes knew Nehemiah well enough Yeah. Um, for that. And so um, we'll get into it, but Nehemiah then is you know, the rest of Nehemiah after this is mm-hmm. about building a wall around Jerusalem, which was to protect it because though the temple was rebuilt and though people were able to come in, there were others who were not, um, who were not happy about the people of Israel returning and they would come in and they would, you know, Israel makes some, they would make some progress in rebuilding the city, but then people would come in and destroy it again. Mm. And people would die, and they would. There, there wasn't a defense system set up. Yeah, and this is where we kind of pick up the book of Nehemiah.
1: Sounds a little bit like things we're hearing in the news today.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, I,
1: interestingly, I'd never thought of this, but i wonder if like the Iron Dome thing is kind of like the wall, mm-hmm. and kind of took the. It's the modern day wall, right? Because the wall protects. wouldn't do
0: much now. Right, but, but it was. But then, then it was. It the, was. It was the primary
1: protection yeah. for the city. It was everything. Yeah.
0: So, so the wall you're talking
1: about is the city, the wall around Jerusalem yeah. that protects. And so it, it
0: ends up being. Um, and maybe we can put the. Um, we'll we'll put a map in the show notes so you can look and see. Um, it's a smaller than the original wall because the city of Jerusalem was significantly smaller now than it used to be. Um, and so we could put a map up of the of the city of Jerusalem in Nehemiah's time and where that wall would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even a descriptor, a description that we won't get to, but in um, Nehemiah chapter three, it actually um, Nehemiah goes to inspect the wall um, and all of the diff- different gates and talks about it. And so you can see that throughout history with the, with the, where the wall was. And part of this was Nehemiah taking mm-hmm. inventory and realizing just how bad it really was and yeah. how much work was going to be involved. Yep. So, cool. so, but, but again, like I said, like I, the sermon that I've typically heard on Nehemiah is all about building the wall mm-hmm. and the leadership that it took to do so. I mean, they, they built this wall in 52 days. Um, it's amazing. Uh, which is incredible. Uh, but we really don't in the sermon get into that.
1: We the government clearly wasn't involved.
0: <laughs> we, uh, we don't really get into that. We, we, what we're primarily concerned about in this message series, and on Sunday we were concerned about how is that possible? Well, it's possible through prayer. Mm-hmm. And it was possible because Nehemiah was a man of prayer. And so if you want to read uh, chapter one, um, it gets us into it. Yep, you can. awesome.
1: I'd love to. So in Nehemiah chapter one, it says this, the words of Nehemiah, son of Akaliah. Sure. In the month of Kislev in the 20th year, While I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanini, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and I wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands let your ear be attentive and your ears open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night before your servants the people of Israel i confess the sins we israelites including myself and my fathers house have committed against you we have acted very wickedly toward you we have not obeyed the commands decrees and laws you have gave your servant moses Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are at the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. They are your servants and your people whom you redeem by your great strength and your mighty hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of this your servant and to the prayers of your servants who delight in... revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. I was cupbearer to the king. Yeah.
0: And this man that he's talking about is Artaxerxes, the, the king that he wants to favor in the presence of him. So this, uh, this is likely the longest prayer that um, we're going to look at uh-huh. through the series. It's a, it's a pretty lengthy prayer And, um, it's got a great structure that we'll talk about as Mm -hmm. to how Nehemiah prayed and what he, what he prayed. Um, in fact, how we're talking about, you should pray scripture. Like Nehemiah does that. Yeah. He, he says, you know, you said this to Moses, you said this. Um, and so, uh, but calling on God to remember what he's done. Yeah. He, um, he was obviously a student of God's word and he, um, And so what I think we can learn some things from Nehemiah and from how he prayed. And, um, but I think what, what was really like the first thing that kind of jumped out to me was again, Nehemiah is in a prominent position. Yeah. He's well looked after. He probably has, he probably doesn't want for much, but God put a burden and a mission in his heart that he could not shake. Yep. Um, he put this burden and mission in Nehemiah's heart, and he actually talks about talks about that later in 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 this. He actually gives that sort of language, like mm-hmm. I have this thing in me yeah. that I have to do, yeah. Um, and he even keeps it secret from other people when he gets to Jerusalem at first, because uh-huh. it's to him it's so personal what God's called him to. Yeah. Um, but I think what I love about it is he is not he doesn't just bowl into it. The first thing he does is he prays.
1: Yeah. Well, that's a good place to yeah. hold off uh, and wrap up this episode. Cause what we're going to do tomorrow uh, is we're going to jump into some of the points. And I think that one of the first things that we'll talk about is what Nehemiah did first, yeah. which you kind of gave a, a little hint for that. And so, uh, thank you again for joining us today. We're so grateful that you listen to the podcast or watch it and are a part of it. Uh, we truly count it an honor and privilege that you're with us. So thanks for joining us. Hope you can join us again. Uh, be sure to check the show notes for what Joey mentioned would be in the show notes. And for Joey, I'm Rob. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. This podcast is a production of the
0: Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.